So, um, your drum clinics, you're, you're busy with that. What's what's uh, anything? What was I going to say? Was music always in your family? Was it was music always a big part of it, or was it? Are you well, the only one who pursued it? To be honest, I mean, I I really am the only one. Uh, apart from apparently on my mother's side, um, basically there was a lot of musicians on her side of the family or actors, etc. Right. But I mean, you know, it's 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 difficult to say whether that was something that, you know, has 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 helped me to to pick it up i think it's just just having a system where you where you see something and you you want to do it really well music I mean. finds you I've, I've said this before it falls into your lap doesn't it yeah it's exactly, not you yeah. don't go looking for it and and i think you would probably know yourself that sometimes the most reluctant musicians are the best are the best ones mm. because they have no idea how good they are they go, oh, i can't do that and you sit them down and you go well hang on a minute well you can play this you can well, yeah. why do you think you can't well because nobody's ever played it before i don't know anything about a guitar no one's ever done it yeah. And yet you find the ones who have got the most expensive drum kits, the most expensive guitars, oh, yeah, yeah. sometimes forced upon them. Yeah, you know, exactly, granddad yeah. was a drummer, you're going to do it as well. And, and yeah. just the heart's not in it, is it? It's, exactly, yeah. If you're going to do this, then you, then you live it. Have you ever had that conversation where you, <clears throat> you'll be out with your missus and, and you'll be having a really nice meal? Well, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> you're having a really nice meal or whatever, and she's telling you something really important, and you go, hang on. Remind me, <laughs> remind me on that song, because we never switch off. Hang yeah, on, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah, Black Betty. Remind me on Black Betty. Just to, and then you, you go on Monday. You're working on Black Betty, and and unless they understand it, yeah. and know the business, it's it's a, it's a different. Oh, yeah, way. My, my my partner, she's got she's got a list. She calls it, you know, like and apparently she's somewhere there, you know, at the bottom. A pecking order, <laughs> is it? A pecking? It's sort of like there's, you know, <laughs> drumming and. You know, car and stuff like that and yeah. everything else, which obviously it's all it's all a joke. Yeah, of course. But she is. understands. I mean, she's 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 an educated person. She understands that it is very important. It's very important work. It's and, what you do. And we do we do we do take we do take time off. We're, I mean, you know, we we take time off to go and do things as well. Mm. You know, and 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 go. I mean, Easter Easter Bank Holiday weekend. I'm always off. Yeah, on that going. time, and I book it off with everyone. I don't do any work at all. And just go and do something and, and enjoy it enjoy it because you know it, it is like like i said earlier you know if you if you've got your head down all the time you don't really take stock of what's really no. going on you know no. so you have to come up every now and again and sort of have a look and and sort of have a break from it as well so but no i mean yeah it's it is it is difficult because we are always thinking and i'm constantly thinking and sometimes she'll catch me and she'll go well, what are you thinking about you know not I'll be thinking about you know something an idea in my head yeah. whether it's a promotional idea for for the bands that I'm working with or yeah. or I'm thinking about oh I've got to let that person know that I'm going to be you know I'm going to be away for that date you know etc and everything else or someone else needs to pay me you know I mean that's the big one really <laughs> that's, that's always the big one, somebody you know? owes us money don't yeah, you? Exactly. Have a conversation. Yeah. oh that comes to the top yeah <laughs> that's right that, you know, at my list that's at the top you know. But the thing is, you have to you have to sort of have all that going around in your head, and it is difficult to switch mm. off. So you give up the give up the gardening, yeah, and you concentrate on your drums and your drumming. What you you concentrate on being a musician? That's not yeah. that's not so. That's not so. Um, did you have the like I did the initial two or three sleepless months of now I'm doing this? I don't want to let this go. You start analysing, reanalyzing, working it out, or to, to be honest, just, like I said, I'm so busy. Yeah, with, with the with the gardening, I mean, you know, the gardening was there, and I'd got 
past the point I surpassed the point where I was thinking oh perhaps I should give this a go it wasn't really I was a at chance a point in, in, yeah I was at a point where I was like I was working and mm. I was going out and I was doing that then I was coming back and I was washing up and then I was going and doing you know it, it got to a point where I surpassed I actually should have given it up a lot earlier yeah, it's just inevitable when it yeah. wasn't a choice it was an inevitability I just uh, the thing is is the people obviously the relationship I had with the people I was working for um, you know, I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't doing loads of work anyway. I mean, it was just you know, it was a good, good couple, good, good three or four hours a week. Mm. Um, but the relationship I was having with those those people had been built up over over a very long time, you know. Mm. And the truth is, I didn't want to let them down. But at the same time, it was just too much. I mean, with gardening, gardening, you pretty much rely on weather as well. So if it rains on Monday and you're 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 not that busy, and you think to yourself. Could have gone out today, yeah. And then the day that you're, it's busy. It's sunny, you know. I mean, it's 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 impractical to keep on doing it when you're so busy. I mean, when I first started, of course, I won't lie. I'm not going to turn around and say, yeah, you know, I just walked into it and that was it. I picked no. up the drumsticks and and everything just came to me because that's unrealistic. And a lot of the time, that's what people think. Well, like you, talk, you know, no good telling me that because I, I know exactly. Exactly, yeah. You know, they think, <laughs> oh, look, you know, he just picked up the guitar and that was it. He was able to play. It. You know, it's not like. I mean, this is the thing I tell students sometimes, you know, it's not like you fall down the stairs and then you can instantly play drums no. or take a pill and that's it. You have to work on it. But it's the same with it's the same with, with everything. I mean, you know, you, you build up and first of all, there was obviously a few students and then, of course, I was doing the uh, doing the playing as well. I mean, yeah. I, I remember the, the my, because I used to have at one time, I used to have one drum set um, and I basically would come back from a gig, set it up to do lessons and yeah. set it up to practice. And eventually, with the first few, you know, gigs, paid gigs that I got, I actually put the money together to get a second drum set just yeah. to have set up all the time. Is it mean, a that... silver one? No, it's not. <laughs> that one, I tell you what, there's a funny story about that one, the Color Kinesis one. Silver one. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah, I remember that. If anyone wants it, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's actually in um, Sound Attack in Hornchurch because that's up for sale. I mean, I've got quite a few kits I've accumulated a lot of stuff yeah and I'm now you know looking at streamlining some of the stuff I mean I've got some jazz stuff like in marine wild pearl and mm -hmm. uh, I've got obviously I've got a new kit that I've got set up for the students that's a little bit smaller a bit Sound more compactor is that yeah. Gary from Charlie's Arm yeah that's the one yeah yeah sound yeah. attack yeah. yeah sound attack yeah Gary I'm gonna find you mate I want to I want to get you on a grassroots by the way the old silver kit eh from yeah. the glam rock yeah that was it for yeah. the glam rock tour I bought it I mean, how originally, did the glam rock stuff was uh, about was it was like overlapping for about three years I think I was starting to work with you guys when it was just you know sort of coming to coming towards the end right of that period um, but yeah I mean that that was bought that was originally it was like a, a it was like similar to the one that Ricky Lawson used when he was doing the Thriller, right? Um, the Thriller tour, or not? Sorry, not Thriller. The Dangerous tour. Dangerous, dangerous tour. tour. So he had, yeah, exactly, and he <laughs> had that kind of that kind of drum set. I mean, it's a lovely drum set. The thing is, there, it's made of like Acousticon, which most people say it's like MDF basically, right? But it's heavy. It's a very heavy drum set. It's not really practical, and and the look of it now. I mean, there's kits that I've got. It's also it's it's funny sizes, you know, fusion sizes. So mm. it generally won't work with everything that I do now. Whereas with color kinesis, it was it was ideal. It was yeah. it was a good sound. It looked good because of course because of the color side yeah, of it yeah. and everything yeah. else. What color kinesis was meant to mean, and everything else, and that's why I used it. So, but now it's it's still sitting 
in in Sound Attack, and it's been there for a while. I've, so I've you're the only one who wants it. Oh, exactly, by the sounds <laughs> of it, yeah. I think I'm going to take it back and, and donate it to a museum <laughs> at this rate. And they probably won't even want it, but there you go. But yeah, I mean that's that's basically where that one's gone to. But no, I mean I've got I've got a few different kits, a couple of Gretsch kits, uh, a couple of Pearl kits. Mm. Then I've got like a Premier. Um, heavy batter snare drum which was you know it's a beast basically right. it's amazing and uh, yeah I mean you know I've picked up the kits that, that you know some of the stuff that we've still played still got some of the splash symbols I don't necessarily use them but you know I've got all of those different stuff it's what you do isn't it it's what yeah, exactly. same as me I'm surrounded by guitars in this room and people look at me well, why do you need so many guitars you know, because I do so many different styles exactly yeah I'm playing acoustic shows I mean this this month alone I played one one man acoustic shows I've played I've got Oasis show coming up so I've got the Union Jack Epiphone I've, you know oh, so many different well, things I've got, I've, got, I've got a drum set the jazz kit in the bloody car still you know <laughs> yeah, it's still in there and everything right. else heroes did you anybody that you looked up to anybody oh. that you still look up to yeah, or, I mean there are there is a long list. I mean, definitely, I think uh, it, it relates mainly to what I'm doing at the time as well. Because right. you often often work with different people, but I definitely would say definitely people like John Bonham mm-hmm. would be a big big influence. Um, I, I'd have to de- I'd have to say um, Lars Ulrich because for the simple reason. Yeah that it was really him that I watched in my early stages of drumming that mm-hmm. kept me to love it for so long. Um, then of course Dave Grohl, of course you've got more of the modern stuff, yep. and uh, you know, Matt Sorum, etc. Of course those are that, that's well, out sort of era, of. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got people like Steve Gadd, which I'm sure you've Steve heard Gadd, of. Steve Gadd, yes. Yeah, Steve Gadd, then you've got Vinny, and uh, uh, basically I'm trying to think now, uh, there's quite a few other ones as well that I can't really can't really think off the top of my head. What is it about them? Just just the way they attack the kit, or is well, it? Well, this is the thing. I mean, with, with, I'll give you an example. With Steve Gadd, I like his element of space. You know, when he plays like Fields or even a solo, he tends to thrap it. You know, and then it'll be like you know he'll, he'll move forward. He won't. He'll leave gaps there. He won't sort of like try and fill it out. You know, yeah. because some people they're like, oh, you know. I mean, I don't know if you notice this, but when you when you go to um, Sound check. I hate sound checks. Oh. You know, oh, because yes, you always yes. get like, particularly when you've got more than one band, you get like the drummer and they start off with bomb, bomb, yeah. bomb, and then it's round the kit, and then eventually they go right, okay, play sound, and it's like instantly, it's like you know what's going through his head is like, mm. right, this is my moment, right, I've got to play something that sounds really yeah. good, that's really groundbreaking Just that no one else job. has ever done. Yes, and it's like, yes. Boom, like this, and, and how can you mix it? that? How can you mix that sound? Bear exactly. in mind, most of what you, you know, drum for ACDC or something like that, it's like rolling around a kit, you go, hang on a minute, that's not what we're going to play all night. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. We're doing that. It's like, for instance, it's like, you know, oh, right, okay, play me something. Ding, 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 ding. Hang on, we're in Freebird, you know. Like, <laughs> you're not really going to be playing something like you know, really soft. So you have to think in terms of the dynamics that you're going to be using. Mm. So you, you, I usually, what I t- generally do is just use rudiments that I'm going to use around the kit as well. Yeah. So while he's tuning it, so that when I do start playing... You've narrowed it down to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he can hear what it's going to sound on the snare when I buzz the snare, what it's going to sound when I mm. do a closed roll, etc. You know, the higher dynamic, an accent, a rim shot, you know, even a cross stick sometimes, I'll actually do that. So that way... The engineer gets an idea well, of exactly what's needed. It seems so obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, to to us it seems so obvious because we we've always been, you know, Steve and myself, but obviously working with you as well, we've always been of the opinion that 
when you're sound checking, why play anything that you're not going to play? Oh, exactly, if we're yeah. sound checking a vocal, we straight away sing the way we're going to sing yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. And if I'm playing guitar, then you say, what are you going to use? I've got that pedal, that one, this one for lead. Okay, there you go. The amount of bands that I still see, you know, yeah. one, two, two, one, two, two, yeah. one. Sing something, mate. Just sing something. Sing yeah, exactly, How yeah. can he tune you in? And drummers and drifting around the kit. So exactly, what, yeah. What are you doing? Why don't you just play what you're supposed to play? So there's a lesson there for everybody out there listening in. Work out what you're doing, the dynamics you're going to use, the technique you're going to use, and give the sound man a chance. Because for the sound crew, it's not the easiest job in the world. No, it's very difficult. It's a tough, tough job for them. Because we're, we're always the same. So what, monitors on stage, what do you have in your monitor? Well, generally, I like to have a mix. I like to have a little bit of the drums in there. I like to obviously bass is the next thing. Yeah. And then vocals, because it's nice to have that in there and, and guitar and, of course, keyboards, depending on what else. But really, a bit of everything. But, mm. you know, I mean, I like to have a little bit of drums as well because it's just, it's nice to hear that back as you're playing. Yeah. You know, for a bit more. It's not necessarily a, a technical thing. It's just comfort. Is it you get the feel for the live? Exactly. The live, yeah, you know, you start, you start to feel a bit like you know you can feel feel roughly where things are and and you can hear it back as well and that's mm. the thing because if you're playing in like if you're playing in a large place i mean if you're playing some of the gigs i did last year you didn't need to mic up the drum set you know no, no, you no. Could just you could just hear everything come back anyway but if you're playing in a place where the sound is not going to travel and come back to you mm. then you it's nice to hear a little bit of what's going on with the drums as well yeah you know, know that they're in tune and stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah i suppose <laughs> you know because otherwise if you're going through at the end of the night you sort of think if you're going over the drums and you think to yourself oh that sounds a bit you know iffy then at least you can take care of it otherwise you're going to go a whole gig until the next day when you start like testing mm. the drum again I mean I always obviously go around the drums now of course with drum heads they generally don't drop out of tune but they can do sometimes mm. over time um, so it's good just to quickly give them a quick check when you're setting them up but it can always you, who knows it can happen sometimes do something you, starts going loose do you effectively <laughs> tune your drum skins to different venues or is it just an no. overall sound I tune I tune my drums to the shell sizes <clears throat> and to how I feel that I want the music to sound so if if I'm looking I generally I, I have a tendency to under tune um, toms in particular and then mute them not mute them but you know basically put put um, dampening on them dampening on them so, so just use like o-rings and that I tend to get a really you know a, like a really nice and like solid sound and, yeah. and something that sounds you know powerful and that's really what I go for. I generally don't like to. I generally don't like the the tuning up. You know, like tightening things up really I just, tight. I just wondered. If, the reason I asked is that I, I I'd never I'd never really considered it. But obviously, you're a guy who's thorough. You're very sort of into it. And I wondered if if you had a different way of tuning a a floor tom or something like that when it wasn't mic'd. So when it was mic'd, I wonder if it was. If you if you just if you were playing a pub somewhere and you weren't mic'd up, whether you would mm. tune it a different way to get more out of it. But I, I suppose it's one of those things where when you're playing live, if if you don't feel there's there's anything there, you you yeah, you, you I know mean, it in I the think, moment. I think you? really when you when you mic, you're am, amplificating the sound anyway, and you are yeah. able. There is some way of tuning it. And the other thing as well, when you do amp, uh, when you do mic up a drum set, 
you're looking at directing the sound as well. A lot of people forget that. They think you're trying to make it louder. Right. But you, well, you're, you'll know this as well. Mm. I mean, you've done a lot of recording and stuff like that. What you're trying to do is you're trying to separate the sound and send it all in one direction. Yes. So, you know, you don't hear things in different places, you know, because it's quite difficult to get a tight ball of sound mm. if you've got, you know, just basically the snare drum sort of catching off there because we know yeah. all all different instruments work at different frequencies you've got the bass drum is a low end frequency yeah so it's going to travel the most but it's not necessarily going to be straight there you know straight away so it has to be it has to be mic to sort of get that kind of that kind of feel but yeah i mean in terms of tuning i generally just tune the drums how they are really yeah um i've never really never really tuned try to tune them differently for if I'm mic'd or not. I just wondered, it, I yeah. just uh, because obviously from my point of view it's pretty much the same mm. all the time. I know yeah. my settings and all the do is stick a mic on there and that's it. And then, yeah, exactly. Then yeah. it's through I mean, the that's, PA that's pretty and much that's what it. it is. The yeah. only difference in tuning is really if you're doing different styles but then, you know, again you're using different drums mm. as well. I just remember one of the first times we played Riga um, in South End, and I know you would have played it many times, but Steve at Riga, and I'm going to get Steve on here by the way, um, I remember the first time I saw a sound check there and the drummer rolled around a kit and it went left to right, panned across yeah. the speakers. Yeah. And I, I had no idea. It seemed such an obvious thing. And then I thought to myself, uh, bear in mind, I've been in the business a while mm. and I'm thinking, that's why my demos don't sound right at home because everything's mono. And, yeah. the, and you're rolling around a kit or you get this drum machine or something. Right, that's it. So I need to, I need to when I'm micing it up, and you were done recording, didn't it? Yeah. So you, you, you sort of pan the snare slightly to the left and, and the floor tom to the right so yeah, you get exactly, that yeah. thing. But I just assumed you'd mic'd everything up. And yeah, like, it seemed like yeah. such an obvious thing. Well, when, when you listen to the Beatles recording, you've got the vocals in one side, oh, haven't you? And then the, the, the stuff in the other side. Yeah. I mean, it's different, but obviously as it's pr production, I mean, producing, I mean, Steve's, Steve's obviously great. I mean, mm. I actually had a chance, not that long ago, funny enough, um, the first gig of this year in right. January the 30th, I actually went and played where Riga now is. Up the top of the... Up at the top, yeah. What's it like there? Is it oh, right? it's good. It's, good, yeah, it's it? really good. I mean, he, he said there's a lift there, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I I went to see him. He says hi, by the way. All oh, right, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'll catch but, him up, catch up. Yeah, exactly. Excuse but, my squeaky chair. But he's... Um, he basically, I mean, he's, he's a great guy and, and it's really good to have someone like that who is good and experienced at sound. Unbelievable and passion for music, Steve. Exactly. Absolutely unbelievable. But the other thing as well is he's not, he's not I, I like it, the fact that he's not over-enthusiastic with things. You know, you get some people like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like this, and they end mm. up being, it's like they're trying to create this this illusion. Yeah, he taps you into know. the sound that you want, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it just basically, instead of being all over the top about it, and th there's the other one, the other one, which unfortunately is not there anymore, the standard music venue. Yeah, I Both of those now? guys, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, no, they, they got rid of that, yeah. Uh, John was a sound guy there, Scott. Yeah, Scott and he was, he was, well, I mean, you he know, was he, was, he was just, he was just straight down the middle. Now, nah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's, that's kind of, that's quite inspiring, yeah. to be honest. It is inspiring. There's no, there's no rubbish, there's no, you no. know, sort of made up never blind BX, you with science basically. yeah never blind you with science never never tells you anything just just exactly. subtly goes around about their job and gets you the sound and obviously some of them research it so steve at Riga, i mean love steve known him for 20 20 something years we started working oasis the first time we played it and he'd studied and he said no you have a bit of delay on your vocal you have a bit yeah. of this you know it took the time and obviously we, you and i have both done session work do you think that one of our 
or in your case, one of your key secrets is that you're able very quickly to tap into what they want from you. It's not, obviously, it's not about us going in and blowing them away. Yeah. The, the very fact we're there is because we're good enough. Well, but it's tapping into, and, and obviously, so the, the many, many different styles that you've played must mm. help you. That you, you listen to something and say, well, I think so and so, this film might work better there. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got a little bit of a, a bit of an interesting like answer to that. Fire away. I, I'd been offered to go and play, a demo, like basically, well, it was an album, right, at Abbey Road Studios, mm. right. So, and I'm really looking forward to it. And the guy who's who's booked me, is very very good. I mean, he's he's a really nice guy. But he yeah. sent me over this, um, demo tape. And when I was listening to it, I could not hear any kind of, any kind of rhythm, right. any kind of any kind of hook. So of course, you know what I didn't want to do is turn up there because we didn't have a rehearsal. This is the right. other thing as well, which I personally I would have rather have had, yeah. you know, to go through and and get get you know make use of that time because he's the guy's paid Abbey Road, that's and I'm money. sure that's I'm sure that's a grand a day, mm. and that's just the studio hire. You know, so you're looking at two grand. He had it for two days, and then he was paying other musicians as well. He actually had Stan Webb come down um, from Chicken Shack, who basically he um, he basically came down and played guitar on one song. Right. It was quite funny, yeah. And uh, me and the bass player, basically, I knew the bass player. That's how I got the gig. Um, Massimo, he helped me out with one of the gigs that I was doing, and uh, he basically came along and and I said to him, look. Can you? Can we get together? Can we go over this? Because obviously, I didn't want to go there unprepared. I wanted to go there and and be able to play something yes. that's going to fit with what's going on. Because you're in Abbey Road for crying out loud. You know, the last thing you want. How to many do times you got to get to play? Exactly. You know, like you don't want to turn up and and be unprepared. So, so I went. We we got together. We got down into my place and uh, we basically went through a couple of numbers. There was a couple of different inspiring ones. There was mainly like bluesy stuff, but there was also like a funky kind of groove as well and then a couple of reggae numbers and you know different things like that so we got we got going with that and built it up but there you go I mean that that's a perfect example normally yes I normally I would listen I mean I remember um, Steve sent over a copy and I, I sent back to him I said what are the chords like this and he goes what do you mean what are the chords and he goes oh I just want to put down some bass line I don't know if you remember that was <coughs> Step Into The Sun I think it yes, was, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I wanted to I wanted to sort of feel where the bass was because that's the other thing as well, knowing where the bass is gonna go and where the yeah. bass comes in together. Because if you've got that tight unit, the bass player and the and the drummer, mm -hmm. then you generally have the the perfect sort of starting point of the of the of the rhythm section and then the keyboards, yes. the guitar can go over that and everything will knit together a lot better. So I ended up just basically putting a small um you know, a small Baseline over the top of that, nothing major. Just no, but just so you could just you, you yeah, so I could actually you. identify with it, and uh, that's that's how he had. And I mean, he was he was like, oh, great, can I have a copy like this? Well, this you know? is, yeah, this is this is the thing. I mean, I've worked as as you, as you know, I work with so many different musicians on so many different projects. Sometimes in here, I'm a songwriter. I've got an idea, and I'm I'm basically their session musician. That's mm. it. So they get bass guitar, lead guitar, acoustic guitar, mandolin, whatever you know, and we put something together. And the amount of times that they'll play me a demo and they say, I can't get it to bang. I can't get, I've got this really thumping bit and I can't get it to go. Yeah. And I've turned the guitars up and I can't do it. And you say, it's the kick, it's the kick and yeah. the crash that do that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Is it? 
yeah, it's the kick and the crash that make it yeah, leap exactly, out at yeah. you. So, he, you know, looking behind the kit, he don't look like he's doing anything. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the, but if he doesn't do that, the music doesn't come crashing out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and my brother, he'd be the first one to tell you, we work on a demo and also I'm doing on that. What, where's your kick drum? Why aren't you putting another mm. kick drum in there? And I've been, I've been working at home, putting some ideas together. And I'm always fascinated by when the bass guitar sits exactly on the, the kit. The difference that mm. you can get. It's no good just playing through and, and trying to just play what, what Gary and I call crazy eights. Gary says hello, by the way. Yeah, all right. He yeah. said, yeah. yeah. You don't sound over the moon to be oh, you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, was just thinking, I was thinking for a minute, you meant like Gary from. from like, no, we no, mentioned no, no, another yeah. Gary, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Gary's Gary. Yeah. Calicanesis yeah. Gary, yeah. yeah. Now he's all right. The, the boys are all right. Everyone's okay. They're, they're, That's they're good, all, yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I said so. Just play crazy eights and bless him. He used to just play the crazy eight stuff. And yeah. obviously he's working with Oasis. And I sat down with him, and then we were bumming through. And then we got somebody sat in, play the show for us. And all of a sudden, I sort of went back and went, "We need to look at what you're playing, mate, because you ain't playing anything like yeah. that." He played. It made a real difference. And um, but it's that it's the kick, the kick and the crash that makes a difference. Mm. And and, and I, I have a limited knowledge of. I mean, I've got a little electronic drum behind you there. I have a very limited knowledge of drumming, but I know what works and, and well, exactly, how yeah. to make music. And it exactly. surprises me how many people don't. Abbey yeah. Road, eh? When you're there? When you yeah. when you when you were at Abbey Road? Oh no, I was there. Oh, you were I there. Were there? Yeah. It, how did it come there. out? Did it come out okay? Yeah, it came out really well. I know. I mean, it was uh, it was a, it was nice. It was nice. Um, it was a nice couple of days. It was a nice couple of days. Uh, it was it was sort of. Um, coming towards the end of 2010 or no sorry 2011 it was mm. in October 2011 so it was quite some time ago now. yeah but so it I can't harp about I can't harp on about it for much longer yeah no more name yeah. dropping you yeah. five, five years there of name dropping yeah exactly so um I mean you know it was it was a nice it was a nice experience to be honest I mean uh Massimo basically I drove up there with he was in Edgeware we picked him up and we had like travel down there we got there 20 minutes early um, went looked around, looked at all yeah. the photos and everything else, and you know you just gobsmacked. I mean, it's amazing. You're in a, you're in the room that yeah. so many. I mean, people always say, "Oh, the Beatles," but it was like there's so many other so people. many others. Pink Floyd, everyone exactly. Yeah, you know, like, there's loads. So you know, I mean, it's um, it's just an amazing experience to go there. And I mean, we were in Studio Two as well, so yeah. we were in the main, you know, the Beatles and fantastic, and, you know, the main area. I mean, even that place they tend to use it for conferences as well. And uh, you know, I mean, I did peek round at Studio One. Funny enough, Stan Webb turned around and said, "Oh yeah, the last time I was here, you know, I was in Studio One, and uh, there was it was George George Harrison and uh, and um, oh, I've got his name now. Oh, it's just gone out of my head. But basically, he mentioned some other guitar guitarist, um, and he just turned around and said, "Oh, this, uh, I'm sorry, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton, that was the one, Eric Clapton." He goes, yeah, I was in there with 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 them like this, and uh, but you know, I mean, it, it is. It's very, it's it's amazing. You know, I mean, it's amazing. It's it's magical, really, mm. to to go and and play somewhere like that, and and just even to walk around there. I mean, obviously, you know, if you go on the site, they don't allow people to go in for for tours. No, no, no. I, I mean, they they may well start doing that depending on how it goes, because it has been in a couple of situations where it's been in trouble. But you I wouldn't mean, believe it, would you? No, you wouldn't. But I mean, if you go, if you go and you you stand now, I'm not going to say that if you go there, you see crowds of people out there. No, no, no. 
but every time you walk out the door you'll see at least one person with an iPhone taking a picture mm. that is how it's an iconic thing exactly did yeah. you have the famous zebra crossing picture done well the zebra crossing you the zebra no I didn't <laughs> I, I, funny story about that me and Massimo come along Massimo's a really great guy I mean he's like really quiet speaking and he's never he's never judgmental and he's always very he never goes oh you idiot or anything like yeah. that you know but I'm almost about to stop at the zebra crossing and of course you know he turns around oh no John they're just you know they're just taking pictures because of course that's what they do um but I ended up not realising and of course I went to stop because they're about to like wait until there's traffic so they can quickly take a picture. It's a bit of a hazard that place. But no, I didn't I didn't go anywhere near that to walk across <laughs> it. But it's actually moved anyway because that zebra crossing wasn't originally there. I don't know if you knew about it. Oh that. right. Yeah, it has actually moved. So basically I mean the, the zebra crossing isn't really in, in, in the place. I mean it's it's similar with other things you know things move around we still call them the same well like the caverns that are completely new yeah I was going to mention that but I didn't you want, don't want to take the wind out myself because yeah, exactly. you're yeah, road exactly. yeah. no. yeah. well the thing is no well I mean that's the thing I mean Abby, uh, the cavern was was burnt down wasn't it yes. and, and it moved to a different place and, yeah. uh, but that's one of those iconic places and yeah. still holds a, a great thing but of course you know with the with the zebra crossing that was moved it was further up the road uh, before but I mean it's amazing because you know that the way that that's just been depicted as something that everyone's got to do I mean they even had Zoolander didn't they they even yes. had them on there as well yeah yeah it's, it's one of those crazy things you go there I, I've got to put my hands up so I've never been and the reason I've never been is because I always figured there'd be so many people there who'd get on my nerves but mm. it's just a, it's not like that on oh, Monday it's, during the day you'll be okay I reckon <laughs> Monday during the day. Well, that was, yeah, I go to on a Monday because I'm out spending the money I've earned Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, where were we? So, Abbey Road. What does the future hold for you? What have you got plans? And also, don't go, don't go without giving details of your website and your teaching. Yeah, grassroots sure. goes across. Yeah. You know, it's downloadable right away across the UK. My mum's got it. My dad downloads it. Oh, there's two people might want to contact me yeah. you might want to give you a call about something yeah, yeah. well so, I'm in the future at the moment I'm I'm working of course like I said before I'm working with uh, the classic rock stuff uh, I've also got like a, a wedding functions and functions in general you know more poppy sort of stuff doing doing stuff you know like Bruno Mars and, yeah. and then of course the classics like Chic Le Freak um, you know all of these songs and I mean it's it's just great it's great to get out and do because I mean I, I must admit it is difficult sometimes when you're watching and you're playing classic rock and it's you're playing really well but there is a of course a certain audience that end up ends up being isolated from it you know like you get younger people coming yeah, in and yeah. they're not really going to get into it you know and this is one of the other reasons why it's best to do something like that in that way um, but we're doing more of that sort of stuff doing private functions and uh, etc obviously the the big band i've got a couple of gigs this year with them um yeah i mean that's that's it really i mean I'm, i've got i've got plans of a couple of other projects that that are on the go just underneath at the moment we're looking into it me and the guitarist and the bass player funnily enough mm. we it's it's uh me guitarist and bass player we've kind of worked with each other within different things before 
and uh, you know I mean uh, Mas- Mas- is actually Massimo who was at Abbey Road with me who's there and Dave on guitar mm. and uh, mm. basically I mean they we're, we're looking at doing some other things as well alongside and just not necessarily profitable things but things that you want to do you know rather than actually you know because you, in life you've got things that you have to do well it isn't about money you, yeah, we, exactly. I mean we, we're lucky enough that we do a job that we would do anyway we just have yeah. to get paid for it Exactly. Yeah. So now and again, you find that um, for those of you who are, who are out there, if you're thinking about going professional or your, your music's picking up, just bear in mind that if it becomes your job, you've got to find a hobby again. Exactly, yeah. So that's difficult because when, when my hobby became my job, I, I had to find something within yeah. it that that wasn't a money-making thing. Yeah, exactly. Because you, yeah. you're the same as me. You get to the point where every time you open the, open the boot of your car and take your drums out, someone gives you money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all of a sudden you say, "Well, this is great." Well, hopefully, this yeah. is, well, hopefully they do. <laughs> well, they promise you money anyway. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is, you say, well, "What am I going to do with this?" So this is where the recording thing and the ideas and and people's different projects becomes important. I mean, in my case, it's just songwriting, working, just trying to get mm. this, this side of myself out. And in your case, obviously, it's session work. Do you write any songs? Are you are you a melody person, or are you? I haven't of- really. I mean, I, I use I use a bit of bass in the playing as well. In the in the uh, in the when I'm teaching people, I right. use the bass and I pick it up. But I've never really pushed for that because it's it's something that I mean, I, it would be nice to it'd be nice to do a lot of things. To be honest, mm. I mean, I've I've often played with the thoughts in my head of, of perhaps picking up another instrument like a, like a saxophone or something like this but again it's it's difficult when you're when you're de- dedicating so much time to doing an instrument and you, you really have to stay on top of it all the time I mean you know for me I have to be on the I have to be working on stuff technique and everything else I mean I don't know if you have this situation as well have you ever suffered with problems with your tendons or anything like that um no, I haven't had um, like, like um, RSI sort of. Do you, yeah. mean, do you mean like RSI? Um, I haven't, but I yeah. If I if I play a lot of shows, you know, maybe two or three shows on the spin, they start to get a bit yeah. sore. Not not necessarily the fingers, but the yeah, the, yeah, tendons. the tendons inside. But I yeah. don't suffer because uh, I read somewhere about somebody who was who was struggling, and it it turned out to be the angle of the snare. Yeah. It was the angle he was hitting the snare at. Do you find? Yeah. Do you think that holds you? No, no. I mean, well, well, possibly, but but for me, I think it's really it's the fact that working, you're working with when you're doing, obviously when you're bouncing the stick, you're using your fingers to play mm. a lot of the stuff, and then generally the movements and everything else, and and I mean it all kind of has that. So, mm. but the truth is, the worst thing you can do, like anything, is is not not work with it at all. So, I generally tend to, you know, I tend to go and. Um, and basically make sure that I'm working through and and keep everything warm, you know, keep it all running yeah. smoothly because otherwise, you know, you're gonna you're gonna end up getting to a point where it's gonna stiffen up. We run it off like footballers run it off. Well, we yeah, you know, you you sort of you it. just got to keep it. You just got to keep it going and keep an eye on it because it is it can be quite difficult. I mean, I did suffer um, a couple of years back with tendonitis. I and seem to remember. Ailment. Yeah, I seem to remember with that that you struggled a bit. You struggled a bit at the, in the towards the end of the calicinesis. You had two or three shows where you were struggling a bit. I don't know what it was, whether it might have been something like that. You might have. What was it? My playing then? Was it? No, no, <laughs> no. Certainly not. It didn't affect no. your playing. But I mean, you were chatting to me beforehand about. You yeah. Said you were uh, struggling with. Might have. Yeah, I probably might have had a little bit of a bit there or something like a that. Twinge but, or something. I mean, twinge. You know. I mean. Well, when it's time to go. I tell you, I, I remember what that was. That right. that was that was different. That was. Um, 
I'd actually, I think that was to do with my elbow. I'd actually picked up a cymbal case quickly one morning. Right. And I think I told you about this. I was just about to go out to um, to do a rehearsal and then I was doing a, one of the glamtastic, like the glam rock Yeah, the glam rock thing. And I've ended up pulling the pulling the cymbal up and my, my elbow clicked. And I think that that's what that was. And mm. I mean, obviously I have had problems with that in terms of that. I mean, I've had tennis elbow, of course, and I've had tendonitis and... You know, so keep on going with that. I mean, in 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 a way, it's just keeping that going all the time and and keeping it so that it doesn't seize up too much as well. But I mean, in terms of in terms of hobbies, I mean, obviously, new ventures, playing music is really important. Sometimes though, I like to you know, I mean, I'll be in the car and I won't play music. I don't know if you've found that before. I like be a driving. lot. Yeah, I listen to talk a lot of talk radio. Yeah, or, but or, I'll just have something completely off yeah. and just let my thoughts just. You know, go we have because to I find off. it. Yeah, because like you know, I mean, sometimes you come back, and as much as I love music, you know, if there's something music related on TV, sometimes I'm I'm like, mm. can we turn that off? You know, can we put that on mute? Because I feel like I've had too much. You know, it's like overdose because you're around around it all the time. Yeah. Um, but I like uh, what I've recently been doing is I've been doing some cycling and stuff like that. I was well. going to ask you how you, how you relaxed away from away from the kit. Yeah, I mean, well. Now I've been doing a little bit of cycling. I've got a little bit more into that. Obviously, you know I've I've been quite active when I was in color kinesis. I used to keep myself quite well, active. Always in the gym well. and doing yeah, yeah you're still doing exactly, that. Keep yourself yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm taking a little bit of a break off the gym stuff at the moment and just working working on a little bit more cardio stuff. Um, but I mean, I've I've done cycling. Funny enough, I wasn't that far away from here uh, a couple of weeks back. And you know, I mean, I've I've had to come a little bit away because I, mean, I at one point I was doing, I actually did sixty sixty three miles, on one one occasion, which is not that massive deal, but when you're first new to it, it is quite a bit. Yeah. So you know, I've sort of come back from that and just working on that. But that I find that quite relaxing. See, the thing is, it's thinking course, time, isn't it? It's, it's thinking time, and it's also you've got to concentrate as well. It gives you another challenge, really. It's another challenge that's not related to yeah. earning money. You know, paying bills. It's what somebody like termed that. once the loneliness of a long distance runner. Yeah. You run in and you've got all that time to think things through. Exactly. Yeah. And you and we need to be able to do that. I think it's. Uh, I think I've always I've always been like that. I mean, going for long walks. A lot of yeah. the time, I've gone for long walks and and gone through the process of thinking and summing things up as well. Um, but cycling's great because I mean, where I am, you know, like around that area. Mm. I mean, in Woodford Green now, it's not too bad, but it's still quite busy. But you know, I can cycle for twenty minutes, and then I'm out in the country, yeah. and I'm looking at sites that you know. Lovely, yeah. See pheasants, you know, and, and <laughs> well, you know, like oh, I don't yeah. see you don't see pheasants in Gansu. No, 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 not many. No, <laughs> no, they're probably probably in the takeaway shops, yeah, but you know, maybe, that's different. Yeah. You find one in Quebec, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, you see like like you know rabbits running around and all sorts of stuff that yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see. So that's the thing, and it's as well as that the fact that the air's clear you a lot of the time you start riding up and you look around and and it's really nice it's it's, it's nice it's an escape peaceful. Yeah, an escape exactly. from the from the noise exactly, and the volume yeah. of how are your ears and don't say what i wasn't going to say that, <laughs> that that's how too, are your ears i mean my, I, my ears my ears are pretty good yeah my ears are pretty good i've managed to stay i mean a couple of times i every now and again i get a couple of drummers that are a little bit heavy and i try and tell them to keep it down yeah and then you know they 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 don't. They're not able to do it. So I always use that the pro plugs. You remember? I've oh, got you those, still yeah. yes, yeah. I still use those. Yeah, yeah. I, I use them for a while, but I 
different, slightly different for you, but for me, I, I, I struggled to sing. Yeah, it, it kind of knocked everything yeah. down. I struggled to sing anyway, but I, <laughs> but I it, it kind of knocked, knocked, knocked me flat. I couldn't work yeah. out why, unless I had a monitor and I, I just stopped using them. I, I think I'm about 30, 37% deaf, which is not bad. I've done it for 25 years. Yeah. But you realise it when we were playing a pub somewhere and, <laughs> and we were sound checking and Oz went bang bang on a snare and nobody batting an eyelid. Every, everybody in the pub jumped and we didn't even flinch. Yeah. Just, you know, you get used to the, exactly. to the yeah. sounds of everybody yeah. tuning yeah. their kit and that. So you're still hearing all right? You're still. Yeah, no, I mean, I can I can hear fairly well. I mean, like I said, I take as much precaution when you're playing. Try and keep, we try and keep down, even the rock band, we try and keep everything down. You know, it's no point. You just want to play to the acoustics of the room. You don't want to play too heavy. I have been in a band before where, you know, you're competing with, yeah. and and there's yeah. a bench shaking where where the where yeah. the bass guitarist or the guitarist is way too loud. There's a lesson there. The essence of of the, people are always surprised. Um, I would have been surprised when it, when uh, you know obviously we're working together with Oasis and Kalakinesis, but the, the Oasis in particular, general volume of of the band when we were playing the Butlin shows or whatever was, mm. was huge but the on stage sound was not actually that loud no, exactly let, no. the, let the PA at the front yeah. do the work and, and you because it, so many guitar players are getting turn their amp right up which mm. immediately you're under pressure how do you, how do you get heard above that exactly yeah. so we just say we'll all be quiet on stage so we can hear what we're doing let the sound man you know deafen the fans we don't need exactly, to do it ourselves yeah. Yeah. my amp's always on probably four or five uh, always the same Gary's bass sample right? he turns it up Gary um, usually a similar sort of setting people are all surprised stand on there so we can hear ourselves chat pretty much while we're up here exactly we yeah. Yeah, yeah because and if we want it louder we'll have it in the monitor rather than turning our amps up and that's I think that's the point you're making which is you start you're in a band with kids when you first start out everyone's louder than everybody else and you so you you seem in a really good place mate really happy really I mean you always were you're always chirpy but you, you seem really chilled out yeah yeah you haven't That's... changed at all haven't I oh, no, right. you haven't changed at all exactly the same it's like we're back in a hotel room again That's not what to say no you, you, you look great mate you're doing, doing really well and I'm, I'm really pleased that you're still you're still out there doing it and you're still preaching a word and you're still promoting it and still keeping time man and that's, that's what it's all about isn't it? Mm. you love it definitely yeah, yeah you love what you do yeah. you die for what you do we, we yeah. just love it JP I'm going to wrap it up like that mate but it's been a real pleasure that was JP Forgery thank you very much for listening thanks a lot all the best to you see you soon bye for now